Hey, thanks for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you that's gonna touch your life today, right now. So grab your pens, grab your paper, and get ready to receive a life-changing word. Oh, let us experience, cause Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The King of Israel is here. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell him, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The King of Israel is here. So good. Today is Palm Sunday. I know we don't have palm trees here in Missouri, though that would be cool, right? Be like our own little Hawaii destination up in the loo. We don't have palm trees, but when Jesus rode into Jerusalem to engage with the prophetic doing of his will, God's will, they greeted him in Jerusalem on the streets shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes In the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, the King of Israel. See, they knew who he was. They knew the Messiah was coming to change the covenant. And that's what today is. We celebrate Palm Sunday today. It's the Sunday before the Passover. We call it Easter. This Friday coming up will be Good Friday. And I know it feels lonely right now being in your house, but Good Friday is always good because Christ gave it all on the cross this coming Friday and rose again, as we know, Easter Sunday. So I don't know if you all seen our video yet about Easter, but just because Easter is going to look different doesn't mean it is different. It's the same message today, yesterday, and forever join us next Sunday invite everyone you know online to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ who conquered death we are going to give praise and honor to our God Easter Sunday next Sunday April 12th so good before you're seated I want to give you my passage today though on this Palm Sunday if we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 Verses 12 through 18, Paul says, Therefore, touch your neighbor, tell him, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, do you remember Moses had a stutter and he wanted Aaron to speak for him? But God says, No, I chose you. And when you follow what God tells you to do, God will clean up your mess so you can give your best. And he says, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not steadily look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. Touch your neighbor, tell them their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses and any of his writings are read, a veil still lies on their heart. There's still a separation from God to their heart. Nevertheless, 
when one turns to the Lord, Jesus, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as a mirror in the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is transforming us into the image of Christ. Just as the spirit that dwelt in the flesh we know as Christ bodily, we are too to become part of the body and be transformed in the image of his likeness. We were made in the image of God and through the renewal of our minds, the regeneration of our hearts, we are to become like Christ again in our spirit. My subject today is lift the veil. As you're seated, point to one of your kids if they're in the room and tell them, lift the veil. If it's just you and your spouse or your, or your relative or your friend, just look at them and say, lift the veil. Lift it. If you're new with us today, I encourage you to visit us three times in a row, online, in person, it doesn't matter because God's word penetrates no matter what the situation is. But give us three times in a row. And I believe and we believe together, unified, that God will change your life and touch your life through One Seat Church. So give us three times in a row, and if it's your first time watching us online, thank you for joining us today. We are so blessed to have you. If y'all wanna check in with me on Facebook, that'd be awesome. Check in online, share the live experience, help us get the word out of One Seat Church. We're streaming all over the place. I hope it's going good. I can't see you, but I can feel you, and you can see me. Hopefully technology's holding up. God, touch it right now in Jesus' name. Lastly, I want to give thanks for everybody who's been so gracefully continuing to give as it's what keeps the church going. The giving is your faithfulness to the Lord. It's, it's an act that shows our faithfulness to God and you're blessing your life by doing it and you're blessing One Seat Church and you're accomplishing God's will. So we thank you for partnering with us to continue to, to, to pursue the Great Commission. If you want to give online, you can go to onesechurch.org slash giving. When we think of giving, we think of like what, like birthday? My kids love birthday celebrations. And I don't know about y'all, but when I was a kid, birthday was a birthday. Now it's like a birth week. And pretty soon it's going to be a birth month. And it's just all about like gifts, right? And I remember, you know, a lot of birthday parties, they have a pinata. Has anybody ever hit a pinata? Have you ever had a pinata, Chloe? Not at her party. She's very distinguished and, and honest. Nolan, have you ever had a pinata? No pinatas. Well, I've had a pinata. Has anybody at home had a pinata? If they have, throw out an emoji saying yes, praise something. Let us know that you've hit a pinata. And everybody knows the way to a pinata is hitting the target. But what's the trick with the pinata? It's that you can't see. You're blinded by what? The blindfold. It's kind of like a veil, but instead of here, it's here. We're going to call it a veil for today's message. And I remember at Burger King, anybody remember the old birthdays at Burger King? I'm dating myself. 80s babies right here. I was 79. But we'd have the Burger King birthday parties with the, with the, um, the crowns, the paper crowns. Okay, I got an amen over there for the crowns. And I remember this one time I felt so bad. But man, it was, it was cool for a minute. And then I, I was shamed the rest of my life. You see, they had the pinata and we're all in line and everybody's just swinging a miss. 
swinging a miss. Everybody's striking out. Here comes little Jeffrey. That's my mom's name she gave me. It's Jeffrey, R-E-Y. Don't get it wrong. There's no G, and it's not E-R-Y. It's Jeff, R-E-Y, Jeffrey. And so it's my turn. And I was always doing the right thing, you know. And this one time, the blind, the, the, the blindfold, I could see. <laughs> but they didn't know I could see. And so I'm like, I can see. I can see. I can see. And I hit a home run on that puppy and busted it wide open. And I was so accurate with my swing that some kids were like, he cheated. He cheated. He could see. And I was like, I couldn't see. I couldn't see nothing out of this eye. I didn't tell him I could see out of the other eye. And so hence, I hit the pinata because I could see. Otherwise, normally, you're blinded. You're supposed to be blinded in this situation. But in life's situation and in God's situation, he doesn't want you to be blinded. He doesn't want the veil to cover your face. So you're supposed to remove that thing. And so I, I got this word from God, and I was like, "How do? what do I do with this? And he said, it's about change. It's about persistent change keeping change because the scripture says that even to this day the veil still lied on the Israelites hearts when Moses was read so so they knew the veil had been lifted through Christ but they continue back to old ways so I was thinking change is easy but lasting change is hard much different the two are different one can respond immediately off emotion, and the other one takes work to keep in place. And lasting change is just a lot harder to accomplish than fresh change. What do I mean? I mean, in the moment, we can make a change, but when Monday comes, or next Monday comes, or next year, it's very easy to just fall back with the veil over our face. Even after so many weeks, what we know in our old selves can still feel familiar. It's hard to shake off old rust. It can still feel familiar, like eating in the middle of the night. It can be so familiar that after 20 years, it can still be a struggle that if I don't watch myself, I get up and try to get something out of the pantry in the middle of the night because it's so hard. It's familiar. It's hard to keep a new change in place when it's so familiar. It's, it's hard to shake off the rust. We have to retrain ourselves to think new and stay new. Stay new. Touch your neighbor, tell them, stay new. We have to not let the veil come back over our face so we can't see. And the enemy would love nothing, nothing more than for you to stay active in your old ways and throw away the opportunities for a fresh, lasting change. When we learn something new about God or something he wants to do in our lives, we have to remain steadfast, consistent in him, else we will, not can, we will drift backwards when we face adversity because it turns up the pressure. What are you made of? And if you're not steadfast in Christ, you will, will fall back to what you know. That's when the wrestler in the UFC fight is trying to box the guy until he gets punched a couple times in the head. He's going after a double leg because he's fallen back to what he knows. And that's what we will do in adversity when we don't remain steadfast in the word, in God. And our thought patterns determine where we allow our mind to go in these seasons. What are we allowing that's stealing the fresh delivery that Jesus wants to bring you? If the enemy can take away what is good for you, he will keep you stuck the way you always were. Let me say that again. If the enemy 
I lost my place. He wants to keep you stuck. If he can keep you from staying fresh, he'll want to keep you stuck. A fresh look is always to forget. It's always easy to forget when we don't keep ourselves fresh in God's presence, his word and his abiding truth. We need something bigger than ourselves to stay fresh. And just like the Israelites, when Jesus came, now I can only see God when I lift the veil and keep it lifted. Not only do I have to make an attempt to lift the veil, but I have to keep it lifted. And when something's new, it's fresh, it's clean, it's so fresh, it's so clean. Ain't no honey, don't honey, I'm just fresh and so fresh and so clean. Anybody? Big boy, Andre 3000, can I get an amen? Anybody? Outcast? Anybody? Anybody? Derek, outcast. Come on, somebody. Michelle, I know you know. So fresh and so clean. Clean. When it's new and it's fresh and it's clean, it's good and it's strong. I'm powerful in in the new season. Excitement lives at the edge of change. When a change comes, when you get that new house or the new the new car or the new barbecue or the new toy or whatever, it's exciting, right? Until that we say the old car smell wears off. And what happens when it wears off? We naturally start to drift back with the veil over our eyes. It's totally natural to be motivated in new things. It's totally natural to feel the zeal of the Lord when I find a new church that's so good. Wow, did you see that message? Wow, did you feel that worship? Wow. It's easy to be full of zeal in those moments. What takes work is to stay in the zeal of the Lord. That takes work. Um, you know, this corona thing, it made, me, it made me go buy a bread maker. I bought a bread maker. Anybody like fresh bread? And this isn't a plug for my old sermon, Yesterday's Bread, which also is on the Version Bible app. Yes, Yesterday's Bread. We don't want that manna from yesterday. No, maybe that inspired this, but I went and bought, I ordered it from Amazon, so it'll be here in 2021. Y'all know what I'm saying. I bought a Dutch oven loaf nest bread maker because I said, I'm going to make some bread up in my house. There's nothing better than the smell of some fresh bread. Ooh, but we know when my Grammy or my mom goes and freezes that thing and tries to thaw it later, it don't smell the same. Maybe it does. Don't send me a message. It's just an illustration. I don't know. I only eat it fresh, so I really don't know. I don't like frozen bread. But as soon as the newness wears off and I get enough carbohydrates and I start feeling a little lethargic from all that bread, I, I think I might just stick that thing under the counter. I hope I don't. But right now it's exciting because I haven't got to make my first loaf yet. 45 minutes, no kneading, just water, salt, yeast, and bread mix or whatever. I don't know, sugar. That's how it is with our walk, especially when it's new. Especially when it's new. You get excited to share the gospel. You know you're supposed to stay excited to share the gospel. Not just 
when you get saved, not just when you first hear the word of God, but you're supposed to be full of zeal throughout all your days because the good news is good and excited news. When he came to Jerusalem, it wasn't because it was new. They knew he was coming for hundreds and hundreds of years because it's been since the beginning that the Messiah should come to save his people from their sins. And they were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who in the highest, the king of Israel, blessed Hosanna in the highest. He is here. See, they were excited because they knew the value in what they were serving. And I don't know about y'all, but I've been like, I will never deny you Jesus. And he says, yes, you will, Peter. In fact, you'll do it more times than once. You'll do it three times. Peter said, I'll never deny Christ. See, see, we can go back to what's familiar and be denying Christ and not even know it. We can go back to the same old ways and let the veil drift back over our eyes and not even know it. It's like a memory lapse. It's like a memory lapse. Like I have memory lapses all the time with my kids. And Chloe says, no, don't you remember, dad? I told you, I told you this and that. And you, you, you know, you, you X, Y, Z and, and X squared. And she tells me the formula of the conversation. And it's so detailed that I can't remember. And I said, no, babe, I just don't remember. But I'm glad you do. I have a memory lapse. It's kind of like that new, all you guys out there, it's kind of like that new barbecue grill. You know, it comes all nice and shiny and stainless steel, but after you cook on that couple things, a couple times, you're like, you know what? This isn't going to stay clean. It's not going to stay fresh. I'm just going to let it gunk up anyway. I'm not going to clean this thing. You don't even want to see my grills right now. Because I go back to just what's easy. I don't want to clean that thing. But when it was new, it had the... You know, it had the rotisserie, it had the stainless steel, it was shiny and new. And once it got dirty, it was easier just to leave it that way than to keep it fresh and clean. It's like a memory lapse. It's like an unconscious memory lapse. It's like I don't even know that I'm forgetting something. I just start changing back to my old ways. I don't even know. And the devil loves it. That's why it's dangerous, because you don't even know that you've drifted. You don't even know that you're off off the island somewhere so far out that, that no one can find you. You didn't know that you drifted because you had a memory lapse, so you don't even know that it's happening because you can't even remember. That's why you need Jesus. That's why you need the word because you can't do it on your lo- alone. You cannot stay strong enough to prevent the subconscious drifting of your mind from going back to putting the veil over your face and over your heart. That's why you need God's word. And if you're feeling that, give me a heart or something. Shout out some emojis, something. Do something right now. Let me know you're in this with me. It's about consistency. That prevents memory lapses. Because muscle memory is from consistency. We, we drill all our process at church. Why? Because it's muscle memory. Because we don't want to have a memory lapse. Because we keep it fresh. We keep doing it. And that's how it's supposed to be with God's word. And consistency isn't a thing. It ain't nothing but a thing. Touch your neighbor, tell them, it ain't nothing but a thing. When you know the necessity of it, when it's not a necessity to you, it's not, a, it's, it's not important. If, if, if you need some toilet paper, you're going to find some toilet paper. Can I get an amen for that? If you need some toilet paper, you're going to find some toilet paper because it's a necessity to you. You know the value of it. And when something is a necessity, you will be consistent with it. And when it's not, you'll drift. It's easy to bounce to something new. Oh, man, I'm about to preach right now. It's easy to bounce to something new, to something new after that, from new thing to new thing 
to new thing because I lost that new feeling. You know you're chasing a high when you do that, that you don't live by feelings, you live by faith. And sometimes the feeling's there and sometimes it's not. And people like to people hop. Well, that girl's not, you know, she's not new to me anymore. I'll just go find another girl and, and damage that relationship. Or, or this guy, you know, he don't treat me good enough and I'm looking for Prince Charming. So I'll just go find another guy because I'm looking for the perfect person. And I'll just person hop or maybe I'll just hobby hop and you, you impulsively get into something new. Like I have a problem with Amazon and I'll buy something new. And I'll be like, yes, this is so cool. This is gonna do it. And then there it goes, the Dutch oven into the cabinet. Or maybe I'll like the church hop. Oh, shoot, shoot. I'm gonna have to preach right now because even when online maybe I'll just church hop online all the streams because because this one just doesn't have that one and this one don't have that one and and they don't have the Easter bunny and you know what there's so much hopping going around I don't think we need any bunnies at 1C church because we got enough people hopping to keep to keep the bunnies alive you know we don't need any more hopping we need consistency come on somebody yes I can get fired up even on a camera Thank you, Lord. I can see the glory of God only when I lift the veil. It keeps it lifted. God keeps it lifted. He keeps it lifted. I can't see God for who he is with my eyes covered. And I can't see God for who he is and forget who he is when I have these memory lapses. I have to be consistent and quit hopping around. I got to quit hopping around. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's hop over here. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's hop over here. Oh, I feel unfulfilled again. Let's hop over here. It's because it's not their job to fill your heart. It's your job to seek God and he will fill the gap. That's why you never stay full. God positions for lasting change. But we choose, it's a choice, to fall back to stinking thinking. And it's not always intentional. I know it's not, because I do it. There's triggers. Anybody know what a trigger is? I'm not talking about all you hunters, like a literal trigger. There's triggers of people and situations that can trigger you to just pull that veil right back over the eyes. You can just pull it right back down. There's situations that cause you to go back to that stinking thinking. And until we revert our old ways of thinking, we can never go forward. You can actually step back. Sometimes it's a reverse. It's not that you think to do something uh, that, that's no longer the will of God. It's that I get myself in a place that puts me back in my old rhythm. And when I get back in my old rhythm, I start thinking my old ways. When I get back in, in the situation that always used to make me think negative things and hate on people and not love the Lord, then I start thinking that way. My rhythm affects my flow, and that's a trigger. It can be by a person, it can be by a place, it can be by a thing. That's why sometimes it's good to shake up your atmosphere. That's why sometimes it's good to get out from the church building and remember the mission of the gospel because it's not confined to a building. That will shake up your core and remember the vision of the gospel. And when we get in adversity, it will cause us to forget what is good if we are not steadfast in the word. We will fall to what is fast and familiar. Fast and furious, we will fall to what is familiar. And I'm not talking about the movie. But what's cool here is Paul warns of this. But in verse 17, he says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's freedom. There's liberty 
where the spirit is. In order to be free, Paul just said it, you need the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And without the spirit of the Lord, then there is no liberty. There is ball and chain, confinement to self. You have to be free by the spirit of God. He desires to dwell in you. There is liberty in a relationship with Jesus. It comes by lifting the veil and letting God actually take it this time. God, I'm going to quit trying to hold on to it just in case I need it later. God, take that veil away. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Did you know something? Did you know next Sunday, excuse me, next Friday, when Jesus, when we celebrate and we honor, I don't say we celebrate it, we honor what Christ did on the cross. We celebrate Sunday, the good news when he rose again, but when he died on the cross in the last breath he took. Do you know what, what the word of God said? It said, Mark 15, 37, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last, and this isn't on the slide, sorry. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. See, y'all don't know that there used to be not only a veil over the face, but there was a veil in the tabernacle between the people and the high priest. And in order to make atonement for sin, they could never see God for who he was. There was a division. But when Jesus came and Jesus died, the Bible says the temple's veil was ripped in two. It was torn in two. And no longer are you limited by an, inter an, an intermediate uh, person of faith to distinguish your relationship that you can go straight to God yourself you can go straight to Jesus Christ yourself because the veil is gone and now I can see God for who he is and I don't have to wait for it to come back over my eyes because God took it away altogether he took it away all together when Jesus died on the cross it was torn and it was taken away and now I have direct access to God himself when you look in the mirror this week, do you see a prisoner or a free person? Do you see right now a prisoner or someone who's full of liberty and freedom? Because I can only see the glory of God, which is the spirit of God, which is liberty, when I lift the veil and keep it lifted and let God take it away. I can only see liberty. I can only receive liberty when I get rid of the veil and take it away and quit using, at it, using it as a divider between me and my faith with my creator. So that means we must have the spirit of God to be transformed, to keep the shine and get rid of the veil. Because without the spirit, there is no freedom. In order to find freedom, we have to get rid of that thing. This corona thing can kind of feel like a veil in our life. I don't know about you all, but even getting in the car kind of feels weird right now. It feels like there's a divide between us and the outside world. When you're stuck in your house, you feel like there's a divide between you and the outside world world there's a veil between the two but that's the devil's game because Christ ripped the veil it says from top to bottom it didn't say he put a slit in the veil it said he ripped that thing from top to bottom which means the whole whole thing was ripped off and God wants to rip the veil in your life from top 
to bottom. When Jesus goes to the cross and died for your sins, he ripped the veil from top to bottom that now you have full access and God wants you to in return give him full access to your life that you don't hinder the veil in your heart and cover it unconsciously, that you go full in for God and never touch that veil Again, he didn't, live, he didn't design for you to live in fear. You weren't intended to live in fear. And you don't have to worry about falling back anymore when you receive the Spirit because the veil is gone. When you receive God and his salvation, the veil has been torn, is, is gone. When you become a new creation, the veil is gone. And no matter if you drift, God will yank you right back out because there is no veil to fall back over your eyes in the days to come. I ask you to stand with me right now as we, we close. The devil wants you to think that veil's outside. He wants you to be terrified to peek behind the curtain. And there was a time when you shouldn't do that. But Jesus said, my time has come. This is the new covenant. And there is no middleman for your walk with Jesus. There is no one in between that can stop you from Jesus. And it's ultimately your decision. The pastor is not the middleman. He's the catalyst for you to see change needed in your life and for you to go straight to the Father, straight to the throne, because now you can see God fully. Now you have direct access fully and some of you have been there already and so now what I encourage you and I pray this morning is that you don't forget the promise no matter how long it takes I've been thinking about the book of Philippi and the series we did on that this whole week because I keep thinking about Paul on house arrest and how it just probably just felt like it just kept going and going and here it's been just a couple weeks and and you can really give yourself a pity party if you want to you can be like oh, I just can't do anything and life's so hard but the reality is it's a perspective thing and we are so blessed right now we are getting more people to tune in right now than ever before the gospel is sti still being shared Paul said the gospel still moves forward because of you he's talking to the church of Philippi even though he was on house arrest the gospel is still moving forward and I encourage you this morning though you may they feel like you're on house arrest you are really free when you are in Christ and nothing even death in this world can take away your liberty says Paul nothing can take it away God we pray right now to soften our hearts to unify together by the global mission of the gospel that never changes to let people see you without the veil to let people see you whether it's online or in person they finally see you is our prayer is our hope because when we've been touched we know what it feels like we know what it's done for our life God and now we want to give that away we want to give that away God help us never drift back help us stay steadfast in the word to prevent those memory lapses of thinking there's a veil there when the curtain's gone the curtain's been ripped from top to bottom. It's gone. And I don't have to worry no more about something in between because Jesus, you took it all. You prayed the price for it all. And I have no other fears to be concerned with, God. We need your spirit, God.
Hey, thanks again for joining us for today's message. I pray God spoke to your heart directly and left you with a word that's leaving you blessed and encouraged throughout this upcoming week. If you'd like to partner financially with us, you can go to 1cchurch.org giving. 